Hey kids, this is me, IC Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're gonna we're gonna look at what happened last week. We're gonna try to figure that out. We're gonna open up a King Kong toy. We're gonna talk about the fair. It is gonna be a hoot. So Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat! Okay, IC Robot, let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is World's famous with IC robot. Big shout out to Grandmaster Grandpa. I don't know if Homeboy gets enough credit for the work that he does around here, but he's on the booth right now. He's on the boards, rather, just mixing it up, keeping things going. Grandmaster Grandpa, you are a number one in my book. So it has been two weeks since program director Melissa blew up in the uh, control booth. It was. It was catastrophic, man. When I went back in there, there was green goo all over the place. Apparently, she was standing there talking to Ed, and all of a sudden, she exploded. She burst. There was... There was no time to do anything to save her. There was, there was nothing. I, I, Ed, our guy Ed is a man of action. If there's something to do, he'll do it for sure. He's, he's been in the trenches all around the world reporting the news. And if he, if he can't figure it out, no, nobody can. But we gathered up pieces of the, uh, well, pieces of the grizzle. I don't know what you would call it. It's goo. There is straight up green goo. It looks like slime, like the kind of slime you would get out of a quarter machine, the kind of slime that came in the in the Hordak slime pit playset. Shout out to Mattel. It's uh it's gross. It smells. It smells weird. We we got together like we grabbed a Play-Doh container and we filled it up with the uh, with that goo. And then there is other there's other stuff. It's like silver on the inside and then on the outside it's like flesh shaped and it's it's like thin, like a balloon. It's like it's like a mylar sort of. But we we gave this to our guy Derek, and he took it to the science lab they have at the uh, Tiger Kick Karate Academy where he trains. And he he ran it through different things, and it is in fact biomatter, but it's it's not like anything that he has seen before. Now you got to take into consideration that Derek is a black belt in karate. He's a expert on Japanese league baseball, and he does know a lot about science, but. He's not like one of the foremost minds. So we we have the sample out at a couple a couple different labs. They they haven't gotten back to us, but uh, until then we don't really know anything. Honestly, we we went out of our way to try to contact her family, but that that failed. We we did what we could. We called the authorities. They came down and they looked and they go, well, there's no real evidence of anything except that uh, you threw slime all over the walls. So they they didn't take it too seriously. But I myself, I got to say, I'm taking this very seriously. I have no idea why somebody who I know well, somebody who works for us here at the station would explode. It's very, very strange. I'd hate to think that it could happen to somebody else. So we're, we're playing it safe. We're all keeping an eye on each other. We're just doing what we can do to... Uh, you know, make it through the day here at IC Robots Radio at good old IC Robots Studio in lovely Rincon Valley in Santa Rosa, California. But man, this this has gotten us all shaken up. Derek looks like he looks grossed out almost every time he walks into the booth. It's it's weird, but uh enough of that, I guess. Let's uh we're gonna move forward. I'm gonna open up a figure, a NECA figure that I got on the eBay a while back. It's pretty good, and I have been waiting to get into it! This is world's famous. Pump this loud, like they do in the future. A 
on December 17th. <laughs> King Kong, rated PG. I am a big fan of King Kong, man. Back in the day at TV50, our local channel here in Santa Rosa, they would play King Kong, like, all the time. I don't know. I don't know if the movie was in, like, public domain or whatever, but they they would play this movie anytime they had a chance to. Like, Thanksgiving, let's play King Kong. New Year's Eve, let's have a King Kong marathon. I, I just love King Kong. I have, like, a small collection of King Kong memorabilia in the living room on the mantle. I have a plethora of, of various King Kong banks, rubber King Kongs, all kinds of King Kongs. So when I found out that NECA, my recently beloved toy company, in fact, made a King Kong figure, I'm just like, bro... You gotta get that. I just, like, I had to have it. So I added it to my watch list, and I kind of just sat and waited. I don't know if you guys do this. Sometimes you put a watch on something in hopes that they'll send you an offer. And send us an offer. They did. They sent me an offer for this beautiful NECA King Kong figure for $13.99 shipped. I had to get it, man. I'm just like, dude, this is awesome. I gotta have it. That's, like, half the price. And when it has, like, free shipping... Bro, that's awesome. They're just, like, delivering it to your house for free. But before we bust open this delightful King Kong action figure, let's take a quick moment to examine, uh, who exactly is this King Kong character? In case you've never heard of it, you don't know what an ape is, you've never, you've never seen King Kong, you've never seen, uh, the Island of King Kong, or any of these number of King Kong movies out there. King Kong is a fictional giant monster resembling a gorilla, who has appeared in various media since 1933. He has been dubbed the eighth wonder of the world, a phrase commonly used within the franchise. His first appearance was in the novelization of the 1933 film King Kong from RKO Pictures, with the film premiering a little over two months later. is pretty interesting. The first appearance of King Kong was in the King Kong movie novel. That's, that's cool. I love movie novels. I know some people are super duper duper into them. I myself, I have kind of a small collection. I think that they're fun. The thing is, I hardly ever read them. I just kind of have them around to, uh, I don't know, just look at them. As a matter of fact, I do have one about King Kong right here. Let me, let me grab that. This is the novelization of King Kong, not the not the original. This isn't like the OG one, but this is probably the book that it was that it was based on. Here it is, uh, copyright 1932. Very cool. Maybe I maybe I should read that. But I I have that. I think I also have the novelization of the King Kong from the the one that Jeff Bridges I think is in it. Anyhow, let's take a look. I have the NECA King Kong right here in my hand. It's the box is kind of beat up. The guy who shipped it didn't really like take a lot of care with it. But it was free shipping. You know, you get what you. You get what you pay for, and I'm just gonna bust it open, so I don't really care. The box is fine. It's like, it's just like a little dinged around the corner. I imagine that this is something Homeboy got. Maybe somebody gave it to him, and he just didn't really want it, so it kind of lingered around his house for a while. But I, I used the Arthur Fonzarelli brand Switchblade to cut this open. There were two pieces of tape at the top, and then there's like a piece of cardboard inside the, kind of, um, it's for display purposes, but it's like... It looks like King Kong is encaged. Let's take a look. He's, uh, he's pretty big. This figure is honestly very heavy. This is a pretty dense piece of plastic. Let's, uh, Vidal Sassoon snippity snips. Snip right here. Snip around his wrist. We're gonna free Kong, which may or may not be a good idea. I do find that, like, overall, King Kong is probably a babyface monster. 
Like, he kind of sticks to his own devices unless people are getting all up in his grill causing problems. And to me, that is, uh, you know, that makes you uh, a good guy. You do you do have the right to be left alone if you want to be left alone. But let's let's pull him out of here. He is big. He is heavy. Um, very, very cool. I like him a lot. Let's see if I'm... Let's see how well he moves around. Honestly, pretty good. He has, uh... He has movement at various joints, the wrists, the elbows, the neck, his head turned side to side. He can move his feet, his ankles, his knees, and then he has, he has like the sit-up kind of motion. NECA figures, it seems like traditionally they're very well detailed, they're very good looking, and they do have nice movement. But when you get them at first, they're pretty, they're pretty stiff, they're pretty hard to move around. I'm, I'm kind of wiggling them around. I've heard of people breaking their figs when they, when they get them. He's... He's pretty dope, dude. I like him a lot. I think he's like... Is he like 8 inches tall? Let's compare him. Yeah, he, he might be like a good 8 inches tall. He's about as big as this uh, this Mego Aquaman I picked up at Walmart the other day. They're re-releasing the world's greatest superheroes. And so far I have Aquaman and I have Superman. I want to... I want to get them all. They're very, they're very cool. If I see them at um, Walmart, I'm definitely picking them up. But let's... Let's see. King Kong has a spare head. An extra head. This extra head is like... The ferocious version. The one that comes on him at first is he's just like chilling. It's just like the chilling version. But let's uh let's take a look. The sculpt on this head, man, is really good. It's pretty dope. I gotta say, out of all the King Kongs that I have, this is far and away the most detailed King Kong. His hands are of this. One hand is open, the other hand that you get is a fist. So you have a set of Fists and a set of open. I would probably go and like, I'd probably put like one fist and one open to just get a little variety. Let's see how easily we can, we can pull his hand off. Did you hear that? And of course, I dropped it. Shout out to Preston, my homeboy Preston, who uh, recently had his game convention. And from what I understand, it went swimmingly. It went so swimmingly, I think that they're going to expand to a tabletop board game convention, which is, which is pretty cool. Check out the, uh... Southern Fried Gaming Expo is what it's called. You can find my guy. You used to find him on the tweets. He took a powerful stand. He quit the tweets. Good for him. I'm proud of you, bro. Take that Munsk. But uh, big big shout out to them. But uh, at any, any rate, I'll... Let me see if I can see that hand. I don't. It's under the desk. It's long gone. I went under the desk the other day just to see what was under there. And man, there is a lot of stuff. I pulled it all out. Most of it was just dust. But uh, there's now a King Kong hand, which I'll... Which I'll get in a sec, but this is this is a beautiful figure. The articulation is great. His teeth in particular are just they're just awesome. They're like really scary. The one where he's making like a ferocious growl is even scarier. I love this figure. I think that he is so great. I am like I am like so enchanted with these NECA figures. They all cost like 30 bucks, which is a little pricey for me, but when you consider that like a Marvel Legend costs like 25 bucks for an additional three bucks. For an additional five or six more bucks, you can get a figure that is way more detailed. I'm with it. This is, this is great, man. If you took a picture of this, it would look like you have the miniature they use in the movie. Like right in your house. I'm, I'm, I'm in love. This is, this is definitely going to be the crown jewel of my King Kong collection. The crown jewel of my King Kong collection is probably the poster I have. I have a movie poster for the one with with Jeff Bridges, but it's not just a real normal poster, like a 27 by 40. It's a double, super wide poster in a tube with King Kong on it. Really dope, but uh, 
That's enough of this. We are going to move forward into the show. Derek's just jumped into the booth. He's going to break down some, uh, some of the current happenings in the world of Japanese League Baseball. That's always interesting. So, Derek, uh, why don't you just go ahead and take it away? The show is called World's Famous. Like, what more? Charge Bro, I've, like, never even heard of it before. Charge This week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. This past week was uneventful because it was the traditional week off before the big all-star home run challenge. The challenge is a major event in the world of Japanese League Baseball. The program features star ball players as well as celebs from all walks of life. The list of celebs this year includes Evil from New Japan Wrestling, noted soap opera star, Mei Ko, famous American rapper Young MC and many other list stars. The record for celebrity home runs was set by Frankie Muniz back in 1998. He popped five dingers one of which measured 545 feet. Mr. Muniz could not be reached for comment. This is Derek, signing off. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? I think that we ought to change our town slogan. A great place to call home is confusing. I suggest a great place to refer to as home. <clears throat> we need a crosswalk on Trent Avenue between Frost and Allegheny. And also, a UFO has crashed in my backyard, has taken out my azaleas, and destroyed my birdbath. When you talk like that, it makes them all take us less seriously. What the? Jules, 2023, at Summerfield Cinema. I saw the movie known as Jules on a Saturday night over at the lovely Summerfield Cinema. The weather was maybe 85 degrees out. A perfect night to take in a film. Perfect night to go into an air-conditioned cinema, sit amongst other people, and just enjoy the love that is involved with movie making. This one, this one was pretty fun. This was a movie called Jules. It ran for 87 minutes. It stars Bing Kingsley, Harriet Sansome Harris, and the great... The Great Jane Curtin, who you just don't see enough. It was directed by Mark Turtletaub. The genre is sci-fi comedy, comma, drama. Yes, it is all of those things. The, the synopsis of the movie goes such as this. Jules follows Milton, Bing Kingsley, who lives a quiet life of routine in a small western Pennsylvania town, but he finds his day upended when a UFO and its extraterrestrial passenger crash land in his backyard. Before long, Milton develops a close relationship with the extraterrestrial he calls Jules. Things become complicated when his two neighbors discover Jules and the government quickly closes in. What follows is a funny wildly inventive ride as the three neighbors find meaning and connection later in life with this unlikely stranger. I found this movie to be quite charming. It's a very pleasant, very nice, very charming movie, even though there are a couple moments of insane violence that just kind of 
just kind of get thrown in there for, uh, well, for the purpose of storytelling. But they, they are a little bit shocking when it happens. If you ever see the flick, you will know. But I, I would definitely recommend this one. It's a nice movie. It's a nice movie to take your folks to, if you know what I mean. If you have, if you have folks that are still out there with you and they still live near you, this is a nice movie to take them to. It involves a lot of issues with elderly folks. It involves the loneliness of, uh, being an older folk. And it's just a very nice look at what the older people in our lives might be going through before before an alien crash lands in their yard. The alien, the alien though, is pretty cool. Uh, as I understand, it was played by a lady known as Jade Kwan. She's a small little lady. She's done some, some work in Star Trek, but she's quite excellent as the alien who does not say a word, but still conveys a lot with uh, just just a look. The, the alien's nice, and they're nice to him, and the the basis of the plot is that they're uh, they're trying to protect this guy from what they fear is like the government coming down and taking him away x file style and doing doing who knows what. You guys have seen those movies. You've seen those movies. You know what happens when they when they take an alien away. It's never it's never good. So they're trying to keep him hidden long enough for him to repair his ship and fly away. But there's something there's something about jewels that makes it that you want to open up to him. Nothing Nothing, like, super alien-powered. It's just, he seems very nice. He's quiet. He listens. He has very, very kind eyes. I call him a him, even though we we have no reason to think that. It's, uh, just, just what I've been saying. I guess because his name is Jules. But Jules, Jules has a way of making people open up to him. And they all do. They all tell him their feelings, their thoughts, and they all, they grow. They grow from this, they grow from this sharing of thoughts. I thought this one, I thought it was pretty fun. It was... It was a little quirky. If you like the quirky movies, I do think it could have been a little bit quirkier. I thought there were points where they, they could have taken the quirk up into straight weirdness. But still, there are people out there who are going to think that this is a very weird film. Even though it's a very, very nice, very sweet movie. There was quite a few people in the theater too, which was uh, very pleasant to see. We got there like 15 minutes early. I like to get there early because I want to grab the seats that I like. There's a certain pair of seats that I enjoy. I want them and I... For me, it's it's worth getting there a few minutes early, and I don't mind sitting in the air-conditioned theater and like playing with my phone for a for a few minutes before the movie starts. But for this one, people weren't getting there until it started or was already going. But when I when I got up to leave at the end, I turned around and there were there were quite a few people there, which was really nice to see. Nice to see people coming out, seeing a fun movie, seeing an inventive movie, seeing a creative movie on a Saturday night. I saw a few I saw a few families, which is cool. I. I worry about the future of movie theaters in general. I hope that uh, this is all this is all worry for nothing. But it's it must have been hard to make it through this pandemic, and I do see that movies are bouncing back now. But if you are a movie fan at all, go take a movie at the theater, man. Go out, sit in the dark with strangers, and watch a movie, my guys. It's definitely a good way to spend your time. It uh, makes me happy. It always makes me happy to go to the movies. I I just. I enjoy the darkness. I enjoy the air conditioning. I just enjoy being forced and locked in to watch a movie. That's what I really like. When you watch one at home, if you get bored, you can pause it. If you get bored, you can turn it off and watch something else. When you're there at the theater, you are locked in. If you have to go to the restroom, they're not going to pause it. If you have to do anything, they're not going to pause it. So you got to sit there and you got to pay attention. Plus, you paid for it. Plus, you took time out of your day to go. So it's a good, it's just for me, for me, honestly, it's the best way to watch a movie. I don't mind watching it at home, but the, I don't know, the appeal's not there. When you watch a movie at home, it's just, it's just like watching a TV show. But when you go to the theater and you watch a movie on the big screen, when you see Jules come out, when you see his spaceship crash, when you see all this, 
It's all big time. It's all big time stuff. It's cinema. It's the joy of cinema, which is which is something we all need in our life. So, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm going to go ahead and give Jules a very solid 3.5 3. mics. 3.5 mics. This is world's famous. Here's a fact. I shoot a baby duck for saying quack. This past week, I see robots went to the county fair. It was at night. I go to the Sonoma County Fair almost every single year, and the reason that I mentioned that this was at night is that this may have been, like, only the second or third time I've ever gone at night, and I do feel that there are certain there are certain advantages to going during the day, like the livestock is open, everything is open, but at night, you get to see the glowing uh, lights from the from the midway, you get to see the rides and everything. There's just, there's a certain majesty to going to the fair at night. The Sonoma County Fair is one of the longest running traditions in Sonoma County. It's been going on since 1936. During the, during the whole quarantine, it was shut down and we didn't go last year. So this is, this is the first time I've been to the fair in a long time, like four or five years, honestly, which is, which is a big break for me because up until recently, I've gone every single year. I think it's fun. It's a hoot. It's always it's always exactly the same, which is which is part of the charm of the fair. It's the same. You go knowing what you're going to get, and it always delivers exactly what you want. It's just, it's a hoot, dude. It's a hoot and a half. It's an old-timey, old-fashioned county fair with rides and games and livestock and art exhibits and all kinds of, all kinds of cool stuff. Let's, uh, let's just kind of go down this, like, blow by blow. I think that might be... Might be the easiest way. We got we got a good spot in the in the parking lot. That was cool. Across the street, went to the fair. Took a couple couple minutes. There is ample parking. I think it costs eight dollars to park, which is fine. But if you want, you can park in one of the neighborhoods around there. Our, our pal Ezra lives only like a block away, and a lot of times we parked in front of his house and then walked over to the fair. But this time, this time we did it up in luxury. We actually factually got a spot in the lot, and then we we walked across the street. Over to the fair, getting inside was easy enough. They they do make you go through like a metal detector thing. I, in fact, did not go off. I, I didn't bring anything with me. I know that you got to go through like the purse search and all that stuff. So I just had my phone and I, I carry my uh, bank card in my in my phone case. So it was just, I didn't have very much. The wife had her purse, probably a little, little bit of cash or whatever. The first thing that we always do when we go to the fair is like right when you go to the gates, you hook a right. You hook a right into these two buildings where they have all of, like, all the local art competitions. They have, like, paintings and knitting stuff and sweaters and hats. Just anything you can think of, there's a category for it. I really do enjoy looking at this stuff. There's also there's also contests for, um, like, produce in there. Like, who can grow the best strawberry or who can grow the best blackberry or what have you. But, um, what I... What I really like to look at and see is the photography exhibits. I consider myself to be kind of a, kind of an amateur photog. And every year I say, I'm going to enter a picture into the fair. And then every single year I fail to do it. I don't know why. It's probably, it's probably easy peasy. I'm sure you just get a picture printed up, send it into the fair with your entry uh, money and your application and everything. I'm sure it's easy as can be, but I just, I never do it. I honestly think that I could have a chance to uh, get a ribbon. Maybe not a... Maybe not a blue ribbon, but maybe like one of the other ribbons. I would enter in the, 
I looked it up. I checked it out when I was there. I would enter in the amateur still life competition. I would send in one of my one of my toy photos during during the quarantine. I spent a lot of time taking pictures of this this one figure in particular. It's a Fisher Price action uh, action dude, but it's the it's the uh, star lady, the the female astronaut. I call her the space lady. That's what I've always called her. I would take pictures of the space lady all through the quarantine. It was kind of it was kind of interesting to me because she was like off on a off on a distant planet and all of her gear all by herself. And I would try to get these get these pictures to show how lonely she was, like how lonely she was just being out in space. And it kind of kind of represented how I felt in the quarantine. And I wanna I wanna enter some of these into the into the fair. That was. That was always fun, man. I like to see what local people are doing. There's, like, wood carvings, and you see exhibits off all the various, like, crafting clubs, the local crafting clubs and stuff. And there was there was a pretty cool train set up. Somebody brought their, like, their model trains, and they had a big model train set up. If I had, like, four or five lives to live, I think that I, I, think that I might get into toy trains. They're pretty cool. I would set up, like, a big one all around, all around the basement, and then... Then from there, we went to the flower show. They have a whole giant exhibition hall set up for a flower show. It's really, it's really one of the crown jewels of the fair. The, the theme of the fair this year was dinosaurs. So they had these giant animatronic dinosaurs in the, in the flower hall. And people like built their flower exhibits all around the dinosaur. And it was, it was pretty cool. There was like a Triceratops. There was like a T-Rex. There was, there was all kinds of dinosaurs. And they, they moved like they're, their necks would turn and their mouths would move. And they, they even, even some of them, it looked like they were breathing. Like you would see their, their bodies move to and fro with the, with the breath going in and out. It was, it was all very cool. It made it, made it a lot of fun to go, go look at the flower show. The, the flower show is honestly the biggest draw of the fair, I think for people. I think that when you think Sonoma County Fair, if you live in Sonoma County, you think about the fair, the thing that you think about the most is probably, probably the flower hall. And then the day after the fair is over, they have a big sale, they have a big plant sale, and they sell everything that's in there. That's that's a big local event as well. We we walked around there, and then we bumped into a couple of the wives of work friends, and that's always that's always so awkward. That's one thing about the fair, though. If you go to the fair, you're definitely going to bump into people you know, be that good or bad. But we spent a little while talking to these work people, and I'm just like blah 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 blah. I don't know, man. I can't I can't imagine they have any more interest in me than I have in them. But I I still act polite. I'm still I'm still good to go. So we. We went through there, and that was fun. We we walked around the midway, and I, I looked for that thing that they advertised last uh, episode of the show, the the hang glider bowling ball drop. I looked for it, and then I talked to somebody, and they told me that like the day before there was there was a bit of a mishap on the bowling ball drop, and uh, I I went back and I looked, and this is a uh, this is the actual recording of what happened that day. This is world's famous, the number one team in the street. The hang glider target drop area is being bombarded with bowling balls. Two people are down. A man is up dropping bowling balls on everyone. He brought his own balls and rocks. What a disaster. Please take cover. This is the 2023 Sonoma County Fair. That was a, that was like a disaster, but from what I understand, what it was, they had they had a zip line on one quarter of the fair that ran all the way across, and they had like this hang glider thing attached to it, and you could ride it and go over, and you you would drop these bowling balls that they gave you, and you would try to land them in buckets, and the more buckets you can land them in, the more prizes you get. But apparently, some dudes started dropping them on people. I would think that there would be like some kind of a net. I don't know. I I myself I wouldn't uh. 
I wouldn't have set this up in in the first place, but uh, you know that's that's not my decision to make. Honestly, it's not. It's just not. I wish that it was, but it isn't. But then. From there, we went into the, um, like, the main pavilion. I don't know, I don't know what you would call this building. The, the fair calls it the main pavilion building, but what's inside of there is various vendors. Everything from, like, people selling mattresses to people selling crystals to people selling ice cream, fudge, all kinds of stuff. It's one of the, it's one of the hallmarks of the fair for me. It's something that I really look forward to because I'm a fan of like infomercials and people like doing pitches and stuff. And all through this are people selling like weird gadgets and weird gizmos and doing like presentations involving these gizmos. Like things that like chop vegetables more efficiently or things that can like wipe things off any surface or whatever. And there's dudes there doing the pitch. My guess is that people like this get their start on the county fair circus and eventually they, they wind up on like infomercials with their products or maybe even like Shark Tank or like Home Shopping Network. But I, I enjoyed doing that. Back in the back in the day, one of the big things they had in there, and this was like a giant, giant display, they had this machine that you could uh analyze your handwriting. Like you would you would sign this card, and they would run it through the computer, and then this long printout would tell you all kinds of stuff about yourself, like, a person with handwriting like this is very intelligent, and also very brave, and also very cool, dresses well, is probably handsome, all kinds of, all kinds of things of that sort. I haven't seen that in, in many years. I, I bought the handwriting thing one time, and I was hoping to pull it out and read some of it on the air here, but I... I couldn't find it. I guess I could have just gone ahead and made stuff up, but, like, what fun would that be? You know, who wants to listen to a show where people are, like, making stuff up all the time? So, we went through the main pavilion. We bought a bunch of candy. They had a display of old-timey candy. You know, your wax lips, your, uh, zot, your, uh, snow caps, things, things of that sort. I bought some root beer barrels, and I bought a few dum-dums and things like that. I got... I got some saltwater taffy. They had the kind that tastes like buttered popcorn. That's that's one of my faves. Normally, normally we get taffy out by Bodega Bay. A lot of times we'll go out to the beach and we'll drive around there and there's like this this cool town called Bodega Bay and they have they have like a taffy shop and we'll stop in there and we'll get some taffy. That's always that's always fun, but uh they had it at the fair, so we got it there this time. It was it was all fun. We went to what I thought was my favorite fudge vendor. I always I always get some peanut butter fudge when I'm at the fair, and we went to the dude, and we bought the fudge, and he gave it to us in a bag, and my wife mentioned that the last time we got the fudge, it came in a box, like, she, she mentioned it to me, she wasn't like, she wasn't like junk talking the dude, she's like, remember those boxes that you used to get, and the guy goes, oh, that was, uh, that was Mackinac, they were the company that used to run it many years ago, they, they would give out those boxes, but Mackinac hasn't been here in 30 years. He said they haven't been here in 30 years. And we were like, oh, that's wild. It seems like, oh, uh, we got one of those boxes only recently. And he's like, well, you didn't get it here. And we're like, okie doke. But then we, we went home and we checked and she kept the box because she thought it was cool and it was in fact a Mackinac box. And we did get it at the fair because I don't go a lot of places that sell like fudge out of a cart. The fair is kind of Kind of the only one of those I do uh, attend. But anyhow, I, I got the Mackinac fudge and then we left there and went to the Midway. That's where the rides and the games are and stuff. And by this time, it was like totally dark. So the whole Midway was lit up with the, the rides and there's like teenagers and families. And it was like a really, 
cool vibe. One of the cool things about the fair is that it draws from the entire county, the entirety of Sonoma County, not just Santa Rosa. People around Sonoma County have like a different vibe depending on what city you're from. I'm sure it's like that wherever you live, but the people in Ronard Park are different. The people in Windsor are different. Petaluma people, Sebastopol people, Sonoma people, all these people from all these towns are all a little bit different. And it's cool to go to these events that draws everybody together. You get like farmer dudes, you get like gangbanger dudes, you get like soccer moms, you get like just everything you can imagine. And it's fun to see all these people together, just like hanging out and playing games and going on, on going on rides and looking at cows. It's cool, man. But one of the things they did this year that I thought was a little interesting, a little different was they changed everything over to like a ticket format. Like you got to buy tickets and you turn the tickets in to get uh, on the ride or whatever. It's always been that way. It's been that way for a long time. But now you got to buy tickets to play the uh, the games, you know, like the ring toss or whatever. And I myself, I'm not really a ticket buyer. I just, I don't, I don't do it. If I'm walking by and I have a little cash and the guy's like, hey, do you want to throw a dart at this uh, balloon for the chance to win a Def Leppard mirror? I'll give it a shot. But if I got to go ahead, buy some tickets and then go find the dude and turn in the tickets, it's just like, it's just too much. And I realize it's goofy, but whatever. That's just... That's just how I roll. One of the things that this really did affect, though, was, you know how it is? You go through the midway, and the dudes are making their money by selling you the chance to win the prizes. So they're barking at you, carnival barkers. And I'm just like, hey, buddy, you want to win a bear for your girl? Hey, buddy, you want to get this uh, Iron Maiden mirror? You want to get something like that? You want to get this big poster of Scarface for your girl? Just come over here and throw some uh, softballs through a padded clown head or whatever. And they're pretty aggressive. But that's one of the things that's kind of, it's kind of fun. You're going through and all these fools are hollering at you. You got that carnival atmosphere. But now with the ticket thing, they're not really hollering at you. Like they can kind of tell that you don't really have tickets. Like they could tell me and the wife are just walking through there and doing whatever. We don't have like a bunch of tickets. So they're just like, they're not even hollering at me. So whereas before they would have been berating me to win a Pikachu, a knockoff Pikachu for my girl, or else I'm going to look like a Mark. So that was, that was weird. It was fine. I guess it was less aggressive, but I, I miss that. I miss getting, I miss getting hollered at. I'm going to have to go to some other fair and just get, just get hollered at by those carnival barkers. So from there, that was really honestly the end of the, uh, of the fair experience. It was nighttime. So they didn't have the animals out, which is kind of a bummer because I do like looking at the cows and I like looking at the pigs and the alpacas and all these, all these goofy animals that people uh, raise to be butchered at the fair, which is, which is quite sad. But they, they didn't have any of that because it was nighttime. There was no horse racing because it was nighttime. They do horse racing at the fair. And I want to say for the record, your guy Icy Robots is 100% against horse racing. I'm against horse racing. I'm against dog racing. I'm against all these things that use animals that way. I just... I don't think it's cool, man. I think that animals are our friends, and we should do our best to take care of them and be kind to them, not drive them around, make them race, and then when they get slow, uh, having them put to sleep. It's whack. I don't like it. I I just don't like it. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's cool at all. But that's that's just my opinion. But the horse racing at the fair is one of the big events. Everybody looks forward to going to the track and betting on the horses. Except for me, you dude, I see robots, and I watch horses, and I don't bet on sports. Those are two rules of mine. But, uh... It was fun. It was pretty cool, honestly, I have to admit. We did have a really good time at the fair. If you have, like, a county fair around you, and I'm sure that you do, because everybody has a county, everybody has a fair, go to the fair. It's a hoot, dude. It's just, like, it's a good, old-fashioned, fun time, and this is something I want you to do for me. Over the course of the year, if you see me post a picture somewhere 
on like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, every once in a while just write, you should enter this in the fair. No matter if it's a good picture or a bad picture, just say, you should enter this one in the fair. If you do that enough times over the course of the year, I might actually do it. So please hit me up and say you should enter this in the fair. So uh, that's that's about it for this. We got we got a quick announcement, uh, contractually mandated statement from Pooptronics. Take it away. Hello, my name is Gareth, and this is a statement from Pooptronics Legal. The home food cube machine is on a government mandated recall. What this means is that if you continue to use the machine, please do so in a discreet manner. Disguise it as a bread maker or as a personal incubator. At this time, there has only been limited seizure of the machines, but that could change in the future. So I recommend going to the nearest P-Mart and purchasing one or two more before they're all gone. If your store supply has run out, use the Onion browser and check us out on the Pooptronics dark web. Fear not though, my friends. We will be back soon with an exciting new product that is sure to blow your mind. Ain't that right, Mr. Sensation? That's right, Gareth. I'm happy to say that the new product is great. Dare I say it will be sensational and you know Vega Thank you and go eat a cube. You know you want to. This is world's famous. Nobody is safe, so keep your hoodies on and your boots laced. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. It's in a book. It's in a book. A raving First things first, was that Gino Vega on that thing? Was that was that him? Was that Mr. Sensational? I, I saw Homeboy the other day. He was over here at Icy Robots uh, Studios doing something with Derek. They they were over there doing whatever him, Derek, Ed, and Tomek were or whatever. I mean, he said hi. You know, it was it was just like a day of work, a summer day. But uh, he didn't um he didn't mention that he was doing that he was doing some work for Pooptronics. I. I don't know what to think about that, but I don't think that I have very many positive feelings. But uh, we will we'll we'll deal with that at at a future date. This is this is reading Rainbow, the part of the show where I talk about books and things that I that I've been looking at. I'm reaching away from the microphone, grabbing a grabbing a couple things. I think I have I have four things that we're going to take a look at this week. I have two two comics and one of them is also a comic but these are these are monthly comics this one the first one i hear is a comic called the, the peacemaker, peacemaker tries hard. hard it's written by kyle starks and drawn by steve Pugh and jordan belair this is this is the tales of peacemaker from the hbo max tv show the one that is played by the one that is played by john cena in the book he looks like john cena he acts like john cena in the show and if you like that show you will for sure like this. The basic tale is of this. He's out doing his business and whatever, and then somebody kidnaps his dog. It turns into a whole thing of him trying to get his dog back, and you you see a bunch of uh, DC characters, like who's who level characters that you don't often see pop up. I I don't want to spoil all of them, but there is one in particular that pops up, and I, I won't say in what capacity, but just seeing Dude again made me very happy. This is a guy that goes by the name of the Red Bee. The Red Bee... Is like this DC Golden Age hero back in back at that time where like the heroes didn't necessarily have powers; they were more like costume adventurers. But like 
his gimmick was he was a good fist fighter, good right cross, good left jab, and then he also had a series of trained bees that he kept inside of his belt buckle. He would, like, open it up, and these bees would come out and attack you. I I thought this guy was great, and I've only seen him ever in, like, a couple comics. I saw him in a who's who. Then he appeared in this uh, miniseries called Golden Age, and uh, I've I've always wanted to see more of Dude. And he turns out that he, he shows up in this, and I thought that was very cool. If you want to see the Red Bee, go get Peacemaker Tries Hard. The second comic I'm looking at right now is called Ultimate Invasion. This is... This is a Marvel book, and in this one, for whatever reason, the Ultimate Universe, you remember the Ultimate Universe? They had, like, Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men and all these things. It was actually quite cool. I'm going to admit that I was a fan of the Ultimate Universe. I read Ultimate Spider-Man. I thought that was cool. I read the Ultimates. That was, like, their version of the Avengers. If you ask me, that's the version they took and they made the movie out of. It's kind of a combination of, like, the Ultimates and the normal Avengers, but it, it leans more toward the Ultimates as far as, like, as far as tones and characters and things, but that's neither here nor there. The The whole universe was absorbed in Marvel's answer to the Crisis on Infinite Earths. This was uh, Secret Wars 3, I think. The whole thing got swallowed up, and they've been gone ever since, but it looks like, looks like they are reappearing. When the, when the universe is merged, like, a couple guys made it through... A couple guys survived. One of them was a character known as the Maker. This dude is the ultimate universe's Reed Richards. But something happens and he goes berserko. He goes insane. He's now a supervillain. Dude is like the most dangerous dude in all of Marvel Comics. In this, he's behind everything. You don't really know what's going on yet. I've only read issue one, but I think it's really great. It's drawn by uh, Brian Hitch. The very detailed Brian Hitch written by Hickman. John Hickman. Excellent stuff. I like this one a lot. It is $5.99 an issue, which is a little pricey to me for, like, an individual monthly comic. But the, the art is fantastic. The paper's great. And I'm, I don't know. I'm just digging it. It's nice to see nice to see the Ultimates back, like Ultimate Thor's here on the cover. Ultimate Cap. I liked all these guys. I thought it was really fun. The Ultimate Universe was really cool, but I, I, I do think that it kind of ran its course. The one thing that the Ultimate Universe has given to the normal universe is Miles Morales, I would say. Dude's a big movie star. If you ask the kid 2.0 who Spider-Man is, she would say Miles Morales, without a doubt. No doubt. And that's that's cool, man. That's a, that's a lasting effect. And then um, I also, I read a book. It was a pretty lengthy book, and it's weird because I can't find it. I can't find the actual book, but I did find the, I found the dust jacket. When I start reading a book, I separate the book and the dust jacket. I, I don't, I don't like reading the book with the actual dust jacket on. So I, I stick it on the shelf where I'm going to put the book and then I'll put them back together. But I can't, I can't find the book. This book is a book known as Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle That Defined a Generation by Blake Harris. In the same way that classic rivalries like the Yankees versus the Red Sox, Coke versus Pepsi, and Apple versus Microsoft redefined each competitor and rewrote history, the fiery feud between Sega and Nintendo brought out the best and worst in both companies. It was, it was a very detailed, very thorough book. I gotta say, I know so much right now about like executives at Sega in the 90s. But that's cool, man. What did I what did I expect? I thought that I would learn about uh, Sega and Nintendo and man, I know uh a lot of the minute details. One of one of the things that I thought was interesting, it shows kind of how things can be viewed differently from different perspectives. 
You know the Nintendo seal of quality, how they have control over their games? Or they did. I don't know how it goes today, but the Nintendo seal of quality, like on the NES, how you knew that if it had that seal, it was going to be a good game. When you look at that from the Sega perspective, that's considered a predatory business practice because it stopped Nintendo from allowing competitors to make Nintendo cartridges. When you when you tried to get that seal, you had to take it to the ultimate level in that Nintendo was going to manufacture your game, Nintendo was going to sell you the shells, you know, the plastic shells that the uh, you know go into the actual game system, the chips, everything. They had control of the entire marketplace and I always thought the Nintendo seal of quality was kind of cool because to me, I knew that I was going to get a good game and it did, it did in fact mean that, but to Sega, all different, all different thing. Very interesting book. I think that a lot of you guys out there are like video game folks and video game nerds and that's cool, man. I dig it. I did not know a lot of this stuff because I'm not the biggest gamer of all the times in space and I learned quite a bit from this book. If you are interested at all, Take a look. The uh, Console Wars, Blake Harris. It's very thorough. It's pretty long. It's kind of kind of a slow read in some ways, but I learned a lot. Very, very good history. And then the last book is a book that I just pulled off my own shelf. It is America's Splendor by Harvey P. Carr. I myself am a giant fan of the cartoonist, cartoon comic book writer, I guess you would say. He doesn't draw. The comic book writer Harvey Picar. Harvey Picar is a everyman from Cleveland, Ohio. He's written this book, American Splendor, over the course of many years. It came out like in individual issues. I've been down with this guy for the longest time. Back in the back in the days of fantasy books and games, that was like my first exposure to a comic book store. They had the main wall with all your stuff, you know, you're a Marvel new universe, all your DCs and stuff. And then they had like an adult-only section, like, off to the side. And they had things like Omaha the Cat Dancer, the Daruna books, uh, things like that, you know, heavy metal. And one of the books they had on that shelf was American Splendor by Harvey Picar. And the fact that it was on the adult shelf, like, really drew me to it. And over the years, I became quite a big fan. When they made that movie with Paul Giamatti, I thought that was really great to see Harvey get some, uh, get the kind of credit that he... He deserves, but he tells, like, brilliant everyman stories. Just everyday, just the everyday minutiae and thoughts of a, of a salt-of-the-earth guy who works at a, at a government office. There's a story in here that I particularly love where he needs, he needs to get himself some new shoes. And he winds up at a second-hand store. This is called Stetson Shoes by Harvey Picard. The art is by Gary G. Dumb. This is... This is a good one. Look it up if you're ever out there. It's called Stetson Shoes, Harvey P. Carr. It's like four or five pages. And in it, he goes to a thrift store and he finds uh he finds some shoes for fifty cents that are gonna that are gonna satisfy his needs for shoes. And I can really I can really feel that. When I read that, I'm just like, I feel it. At the time, working at the video store, doing whatever, don't got a lot of money. If I found a nice pair of shoes at the thrift store for fifty cents when I needed shoes, it would have meant the world to me. And it was great to see somebody else out there with like with the same vibes man read some american splendor some harvey picard dude is great i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i read i'm about to read a book by george south he's a wrestler another one of these wrestler bios i got that right over there i got a i got a roger ebert book i'm gonna read too called uh, your movie sucks some of some of Ebert's most scathing reviews, which is not normally my forte, but I think that you can learn a lot about storytelling from seeing what people are 
people are doing incorrectly. I think that, um, I think that we're at the end of the show. I think we're getting, uh, getting near there. I want to send shouts out to everybody. Tapes on the Crip, Earl Green, uh, Potomac. I want to send a shout out. Mighty Matt D, our guy Preston, Gino Vega. Maybe he deserves one. Maybe he does not. It will be out there in the future. Shout out to, uh, Shout out to everybody. Engineer Nerd, Joe Nobody from here in Santa Rosa, Ferg. Ferg, we love you. You're one of the all-time greats. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Well, I hate to do the shout outs because I don't want to leave anybody out. Once I start, Nerdy Blogger, once I start, I just, I feel bad if I leave anybody out when I'm right here on the spot doing it. Sleazy P. Daiquiri. I don't know if you listen to the show, but I see you over there on the Facebook group. I'm curious. I'm curious who you are with this nom de plume. The whole the whole thing seems mysterious if you happen to hear this. I don't know if you listen to the show or you just like the pictures on the Facebook page. Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. If you listen to the show, let me know. Sleazy P. Daiquiri. Hope you're out there. Guys, I think that uh I think this is about it. I'll be back soon before you know it. And um well, with all that said, this is me. Icy Robot signing out. World famous episode 66. If you don't like what's going on in the news, you can go out there and make some of your own. Alright, um, Ann, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people, some people, some people, some people, some people listen for history. Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack. Yo, slick, blow. That's right. I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Think that during the day to day goings on um, in your life that it's important to pay attention to things around you and to try and improve the world in whatever way you can. Seeing doesn't have to be big. Big gestures are great, but so is picking up trash or giving a bum a few quid so he can buy some duck bags. You can't expect other people to go out and make the world better. Um, it's something that you have to do, and I have to do, all have to do it. It's the only way things will ever get better. Robots Radio production. If you listen this far, you obviously like it, so go join the Patreon. Supportthereport.com.